Strange Animals Podcast. Welcome to Strange Animals Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Shaw. This week, we're going to learn about a weird little animal suggested by both Eva and Leo, the Tenric of Madagascar. While we're at it, we're going to learn about another little animal found on Madagascar a long time ago that's one of the weirdest mammals ever discovered. Before we get started, though, and I'm adding this late, I just checked the mail. Someone sent me a book. Oh my gosh, I don't know who it is. If your name is Jennifer or somebody named Jennifer is associated with you and mailed this book to me for you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It looks amazing. The book is called The Last Flight of the Scarlet Macaw, One Woman's Fight to Save the World's Most Beautiful Bird. And it's by Bruce Barcott. It looks so exciting. I love this kind of book. So thank you so much. I did not know when I started this podcast over six years ago that one of the benefits of doing an animal podcast is sometimes people send you books about animals, which is just the best thing in the world. So thank you again. There's no note. So I thought I would give you a shout out on the podcast. Also, um, while I'm thinking about it, somebody emailed me recently asking for a sticker and I wrote you back and I said, oh, sure, I will be happy to send you a sticker, but I have to have your mailing address and I have not heard back from you and it's been about a week. The stickers are actual physical stickers. They're not printouts that you print from home. So I have to mail it to you. I will not keep your mailing address. I will, in fact, lose it after I mail you your stickers because that's what I do. I think that covers it. On to the animals. We've got some interesting, weird, and wonderful mammals today. As we learned in episode 318, about 88 million years ago, the island of Madagascar broke off from every other landmass in the world, specifically the supercontinent Gondwana. The continent we now call Africa separated from Gondwana even earlier, around 165 million years ago. Madagascar is the fourth largest island in the world, and even though it's relatively close to Africa these days, many of its animals and plants are much different from those in Africa and other parts of the world because they've been evolving separately for 88 million years. But at various times in the past, some animals from Africa were able to reach Madagascar. We're still not completely sure how this happened. Madagascar is 250 miles away from Africa, or 400 kilometers, and these days the prevailing ocean currents push floating debris away from the island. In the past, though, the currents might have been different, and some animals could have arrived on floating debris washed out to sea during storms. During times when the ocean levels were overall lower, islands that are underwater now might have been above the surface and allowed animals to travel from island to island until they reached Madagascar. Sometime between 25 and 40 million years ago, a semi-aquatic mammal reached Madagascar in enough numbers that it was able to establish itself on the island. It was related to the ancestors of a semi-aquatic mammal called the otter shrew, even though it's neither an otter nor a shrew. The otter shrew lives in parts of Africa and is pretty weird on its own, but we'll save it for another episode one day. The otter shrew's relative did so well in its new home of Madagascar that over the millions of generations since, it developed into dozens of species. 
We now call these animals tenrics. It's hard to describe the tenric because the various species are often very different in appearance. There are some things that are basically the same for all species, though. First, the tenric has a low body temperature, although it varies from species to species and also varies depending on time of year. That's because some species of tenric go into torpor when it's cold or sometimes full hibernation. During torpor, the animal's body temperature drops even more than usual. The common tenric hibernates up to nine months out of the year. Second, the tenric has a cloaca, which is really unusual in placental mammals. Birds, reptiles, and amphibians have a cloaca, which is a single opening used for excretion and often for giving birth or laying eggs, too. Most mammals have separate openings for different uses. Third, all tenrics are pretty small, with only a little short tail. The biggest is only a little over a foot long at most, or 39 centimeters, and most are much smaller. Leo specifically likes the streaked tenric, so let's learn about it to give us a better idea of what tenrics are like in general. There are two species of streaked tenric, and while they live in different parts of Madagascar, they mostly live in tropical rainforests. They're considered a type of spiny tenric because they have quills all over like a tiny porcupine or a brightly colored hedgehog. The highland streaked tenric is black and white, while the lowland streaked tenric is black and yellow. The streaked tenric's bright coloration gives a warning to potential predators that it is pointy. If a predator doesn't figure it out, the tenric will raise its quills and shake them to make a little rattling sound. If that doesn't stop the predator and it tries to bite the tenric, the quills can detach and will lodge in the predator's mouth. That generally gets the point across. <laughs> point. The lowland streaked tenric also communicates by rubbing its quills together to make ultrasonic sounds. This method of sound production is called stridulation, and the streaked tenric is the only mammal known to make sound this way. It has special muscles at the base of its quills that help it move the quills to make sounds. Stridulation is mostly found in insects, including crickets. Like most tenrics, the streaked tenric has a long, thin snout and short legs. It spends a lot of its time digging for earthworms and other invertebrates, and it also eats fruit. It lives in family groups that sleep in shallow burrows. Also, it's super cute. Just don't lick it. Another tenric with spines is the hedgehog tenric, which looks and acts incredibly like a hedgehog, even though it's not related. That's yet another example of convergent evolution. The lesser hedgehog tenric and the greater hedgehog tenric, which by the way belong to different genera, are nocturnal animals that live in open forests, savannas, and people's gardens in Madagascar. During the day, it stays hidden in dead leaves or brush, or in a hollow of a tree trunk, and at night it comes out to find insects and other small animals to eat. If it feels threatened, it will roll up into a ball to protect its belly, while turning itself into a very pointy mouthful. Its spines don't come loose the way the streaked tenrics do, but they're sharp. 
Sometimes a hedgehog tinrec will back up quickly toward a potential predator. If it backs into the predator's nose, suddenly the predator discovers it's not all that hungry, and its nose hurts, and it's just going to leave. Many species of tinrec resemble shrews. They're smaller than a mouse, which they otherwise resemble, except that they have a long nose and short tail, and they don't have quills. Mice don't have quills either. That sentence is badly constructed. I'm just going to leave that in. Most tinrecs have six or eight babies at a time, but some have more. The common tinrec can have up to 32 babies at a time. It has 29 teats. That's the most teats known in any mammal. All this is amazing, but while I was researching the tinrec, I learned about an even weirder animal that lived on Madagascar at the end of the Cretaceous. That animal wasn't a dinosaur, though. It was a mammal. It was discovered by a team of paleontologists in 1999, but they didn't actually know they discovered it. They thought the piece of rock only contained a small crocodiliform. When preparation of the specimen started in 2002, the scientist working on it received an incredible surprise. In addition to fossil remains of both an adult and a baby crocodiliform, there was an almost complete articulated skeleton of a weird mammal. All three animals may have been buried suddenly by debris carried by a flash flood, which is why they're so well preserved. Most mammals that lived alongside dinosaurs were really small, maybe the size of rats at most, but a dolotherium was about the size of a cat. It may have actually grown larger than a cat, because the only specimen we have is an individual that wasn't fully grown. It was built sort of like a little badger, with a broad body, short legs, short tail, and short snout. A dolotherium is a member of a group of mammals called Gondwanatheria, which arose in the southern hemisphere around the time that the supercontinent Gondwana was breaking apart. We only have a few fossils of these animals, so paleontologists still don't know how they're related. But a dolotherium is a big deal, because it's so detailed and almost the whole skeleton is preserved. Paleontologists have known for a long time that these Gondwanatheria were probably not related to modern mammals, but until a dolotherium was discovered, no one realized just how weird these animals were. If you could go back in time to look at a dolotherium when it was alive, you might not think it was all that weird. Also, you'd be a little distracted because dinosaurs would probably be trying to eat you. Most of the weird details probably weren't visible, but they're very obvious to scientists studying the fossilized bones. For instance, a dolotherium had a lot of vertebrae in its backbone, more than other mammals at least 30 total thoracic and lumbar vertebrae. Humans have 17 total, and cats have 20, to give you a comparison with modern mammals. A dolotherium also had weird legs, with its front legs not really seeming to match its rear legs. Its front legs are longer with a strong shoulder, while its rear legs are short and bowed. Paleontologists think it might have been a burrowing animal, which would explain why its rear legs are strangely shaped compared to its front legs. But it could probably run pretty fast, too. It also had unusual double grooves on its ankle bones. 
Another weird thing about a dolotherium was its skull. The parts of the skull that made up the nasal cavity had lots of little holes in it, called foramina, for nerves and blood vessels to pass through. This isn't unusual in itself, but a dolotherium had more foramina than any other mammal ever examined, living or extinct. One of the foramen was on top of the snout and doesn't match up with anything seen in any other mammal. A dolotherium probably had a whole lot of very sensitive whiskers, but for all we know, all the foramina were for some other sensory structure, one that was unlike any found in modern mammals. A dolotherium lived at the end of the Cretaceous, and it's possible it went extinct along with the non-avian dinosaurs. Gondwanotheria in general all went extinct by around 43 million years ago, and as far as we know, no living descendants are still around. But we know very little about these interesting mammals. Hopefully, more fossils of Gondwanotheria in general, and Adolotherium in particular, will turn up soon so we can learn more. You can find Strange Animals Podcast at strangeanimalspodcast.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without any E's. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at strangeanimalspodcast at gmail.com. If you like the podcast and want to help us out, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, or just tell a friend. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash strangeanimalspodcast. If you'd like to support us for as little as $1 a month and get monthly bonus episodes. Thanks for listening. <laughs> the common Tenric can have up to 32 babies at a time. 32. It has 29 teats. That's the most teats known in any mammal. That is just an excessive number of nipples. I mean, that is that is too many. Common Tenric, go home, you're drunk.